start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. This is going to go a totally different way. I don't, it's yeah, different. This is exciting. Okay, Tom, j- literally as we were about to start here, so Nick and Tom are both here, but Tom mm-hmm. just uh, presented us with some koozies. Uh, he was telling us to give us... Or what? I'm confused. He was telling us to give him his... Be- our beers. Okay, let me just preface. We've been <laughs> drinking already. Yes. Uh, and exciting news. They say, chug to accept. Will you be my groomsman? Question mark. Tom's getting married. I don't know if we told everybody I don't you're getting married. Did. Frank, I, is he? does he not want to be a groomsman? I don't think he does. I'm sorry. I was trying to explain to everybody what's going on. I'll chug it in a second. I just was excited, and I wanted everyone to know. So why don't you talk? So, like I said, or like they said, uh, get married next summer. Pretty excited about it. Frank, he's... Do I have to chug the whole thing? No. Okay, I chug about to half. accept. So, Frank, there you have it. He's going to be a groomsman. And, and Nick? Yeah, mine actually says chug to accept. And then there's two beers kind of clanging together and says, will you be my best man? <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to... Slurp it loud. <laughs> That's nice. There you have it. There's going to be a burp. <laughs> well, thanks, Tom. I, I'm very honored. No, thank you, guys. It's going to be a good time. It'll be it's a very be good time. I'm excited. I'm leaving okay. you two in charge of Bachelor Party Commission. I think we can handle that. Yeah. Nothing but strippers and bush light. And cocaine. Yeah. I no, guess. I do want... <laughs> do want cocaine. Not, not want in this stri- order. <laughs> Golf, beer, shooting, and cigars. Okay. So if okay. those four things. I feel like shooting should come first without beer. Yeah, that would be before beer. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> Jake, uh, we're safe. I will be in charge of cigars. I'm I, not. I don't like cigars. So. I love cigars. We're we're gonna get some big ones. I'll find a golf course. But you're gonna smoke a cigar. Yeah. I will smoke a cigar for you, but I won't like it. I'll like it because it's your wedding. Right. That's it. So this is, we're actually, t- what, 2023, right? Yeah, next summer. Oh. Could you, oh, could you stop? It's happening. Been drinking. <laughs> well, Tom, definitely, I know I chugged, but yes, 100%. Sweet deal. Also weigh in, Tom. Sweet deal. It's um, going to be wild. Are we, do you still have to pick up any more team members, or is this the last of it? No, you are numbers two and three. Two and who three. Went, who went first? Sharpie. Because oh. I was up there... At camp, and I I don't see him as often. Makes sense. So I had to ask him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what, while I seen him, did he so. chug? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he accepted. So nice. I got. How much were these? Not that much. That's cool. Yeah, I like it. Carly actually gave me the idea. My fiance. Said. So I can't steal that. It was her idea. Well, I have always That's, liked her. That is a good idea. You know, simple, classy, just how we are. Yeah. Yep. And you get to keep it for. 
until Ever. you put it through the washing machine and it falls apart. <laughs> yeah, there's actually I'm, I will be every single drink that I have at your wedding will be in this koozie. I hope so. And I I'm not drinking a single beer. It'll be nothing but shots and yeah. Jager. I'm gonna tell you, as as your best man. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that there better be whiskey. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be nice whiskey. It no, just it needs won't to be whiskey. Be. No, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely will not be. I'm telling you it right now, be. it's gonna be shit. It's gonna no, be shit. I'm, I'm it's gonna be like, tons of shit whiskey. Top shelf is gonna be like Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. That's like gonna be the top shelf. Perfect. And then you'll have like Old your, Crow, old, Granddad, yeah. something like the good Lester stuff. Holt, whatever. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce that one. Because most people are gonna be pouring it in Coke. So yeah, I'll probably do a little bit of that, but also gonna drink a lot of whiskey that night. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So in the aspect of, you know, we're jumping into something new here. I'm getting married. Um, doesn't really correlate to the outdoors, which is what this podcast is about. But Sometimes aren't you getting married off outdoors? The rails? Well, we are getting married outdoors. So wow. so even even in marriage, Tom managed to get outside. Yeah. But <laughs> you should have saved that for the end. That would have been a perfect ending. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be a train it up again. wreck by the bring time it, up it ends. <laughs> Maybe but, I'll forget. Another new thing that we're jumping into is coyote hunting. And I'm pretty excited about it. Not just calling. Yes, coyote calling. Um, going out at night, you know, with the call. Wait, you're, you're coyote calling? I have not learned how to call coyotes yet. I'm still working Because there's on. a big difference. We've, oh, we've huge... talked about this with turkeys. Yeah. Um, and that's what we put all of our success to. Yeah, so I used to I go already, out there. Phase and, one, I can already tell there's a problem. Yeah, I, I could go out there. <laughs> and Episode 115, by the way. I could turkey call, but now I'm calling turkeys and total game changer. Right now, I'm going out there coyote calling. I'm not calling coyotes yet, mm-hmm. but I'm still learning. Um, Takes the experience. You got to have the time out yeah. there. You got to get outside and do it. So if, if any of our listeners out there are Just into... Play a game, see how many times we can say get outside within this episode. <laughs> I like it. If any of our listeners are into coyote hunting at night, calling coyotes, um, feel free reach out to me um, or the podcast group, whichever. Um, Just Tom. It's probably going to be me. <laughs> Give me some tricks. Give me some tactics because everything I'm picking up is just Self-taught. from experience. I haven't had some guy tell me, "Hey, you should try this one little trick." It's and all like, just you getting outside and figuring it out, learning on it on your own. So. It's been fun. Um, I'll go back to. I got a new setup. It's we we talked about the setup. So go. Did we talk? Over. You when? weren't here. I don't think. When? Did we? What? Did I share the story of why I got the setup? Well, they can't answer it because you know we're we're. You know, I don't think I did. Neither does Frank. And you're <laughs> over here. Was it when I had COVID? Mm, Might have been. Huh. You know what? Tell it just in case, because I would rather hear somebody say, "Hey, you already told that story, you idiot." Versus, man, you just breezed over. I'm so lost. Why don't we know about this? Okay, so I got a new setup, coyote hunting setup, and this will come into play here in a minute. First night out, okay, I had my old setup. It was a 222 bolt-action rifle, and my brother Luke had got me this infrared night vision system for this rifle. So basically how it works is you attach a camera to the back of your scope, and then you mount a little LED screen up top, and then you have your infrared light that you mount on the front of your scope. So you shoot out your infrared light. The image comes up right on that LED screen. Super cool. You can see in the pitch black. Shows your crosshairs and everything. 
Super awesome. So I, I, I just want to interject real quick. Those have been around for a while. They just became legal in Pennsylvania yeah. not too long ago. Correct. So that's why you picked up this setup. Yeah. Is because we just finally are allowed yeah, to do Tom it. Tom and I used to, our original, we didn't even have, I think I had, um, it was a spotlight with a battery. And then we had, I think it was like a red plate or like some sort of red plastic we taped to the front of it. Mm-hmm. That was our original. Classic. That was the original. Like Tom had the gun. I had the spotlight. And <laughs> like, oh, a little to the left, a little to the left. Uh, got got a little bit out of hand. Um, what else? You love to see it, though. So can I? <laughs> so, yeah, but Tom, why don't you just keep going? I've been drinking whiskey um, and chugging so, beer. As I said, and getting outside. <laughs> got this new setup, and Luke he tells me, you know, Tom, you should really shoot this gun before you take it out hunting. I'm like, you I said, already know it's dialed right in. Because like, it's just the camera picture, yeah. Yeah, I'm like... So you don't ca- have to touch the scope at all, it's just... No, because the camera looks through the scope and then projects onto the LED screen. So you can actually see your crosshairs on the screen. So you're looking at the... Looking through the scope, but on a no, screen. No, no, it's a screen above yeah, the that's scope. A, oh, yeah, on yeah, the screen. You're looking, essentially, yeah. you are looking through the scope. It's just yes. on the screen. Yes. So the but lens, you don't put your eye up yes, to the scope. Yes. The lens of the camera is being shot right down the barrel. And it's like when you hold your phone camera up to your yeah. scope so you can look and it, take yeah. pictures of deer. Yeah. yeah, We've all done it. So Luke tells me, you know, you should really shoot this gun and make sure it's sighted. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's sighted in. Mounting that camera on the back is not going to do anything. He's like, I really think you should just sight it in. <laughs> so I don't. And I go out hunting for the first time this year. Um, another thing I got was my thermal scanner, uh, just a little singular handheld monocular. Goes off thermals. Um, so that way I have zero lights. So go out to the field, go to rack in my shell. And like I said, it's a bolt action. Go to open the bolt and doesn't that bolt bump up against the camera mount and so i you can't rack around i can't rack around it <laughs> so i'm like this is this is you good stupid little idiot yeah so now i'm thunk. thinking man i really should have listened to luke and tested this out to make sure everything works <laughs> but i lo- hope you didn't tell him he was right i did i did i'm that kind of guy it hurts luckily though i had my old setup my red lights in the back Old of my faithful. jeep so you could still hunt so i could still hunt yes so i walk back to the jeep take my infrared night vision set off put my red light on top of the scope good to go so i walk back into the field this is my first coyote setup of the year mind you okay get the call going and it's not five minutes later i'm looking through my thermal monocular and i see two dogs come hauling across the field and i'm like pumped up because i'm like this this is about to happen like this is sweet so i let them get into like inside 100 yards and take my eye off of that thermal Mm -hmm. and i can't see anything i can't yeah but i couldn't see anything because when you go from such a bright screen looking through that thermal to to total darkness your eyes are not adjusted i mean it's pitch black and the light you use for a red light on a scope it's not like a spotlight. It's a very dim light. Yeah, that just enough. Just enough to illuminate their eyes mostly, and you can see their body, but it's not bright as day. It's not You're not hammering them with a spotlight. Mm-hmm. So these coyotes, they're at like 70 yards, and I'm trying to see them through my scope. I'm 
but I, I just can't. Everything's like pitch black. Mm-hmm. And my buddy's sitting with me. He's like, I can see what him. What are you doing? Without this light. Like, I, I can see him right here. So I hand the gun over to him. And by the time he could get on him, the coyotes had circled downwind and they were Peace taken it. off. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Like Mistakes were made. Yeah. And it was, it was just a heartbreaker because I went last year with almost no success with the red lights. Um, and they say coyotes can't see red light. That's not true. They can. I, was they, like, I think they can see it. It's just easier on their eyes. It's not like I. the best comparison I could make. Like if I shine a bright light in your eyes in the middle of the night, it's going to hurt your eyes. Yeah. You whereas, lose everything. Yeah. Whereas if I shine a light in your eyes in the middle of the day, it's not going to hurt you as much. Right. So I feel like that's how it is with the coyotes. It's just softer on their eyes. They can see it, but it's yeah. not going to like, holy shit, what is that? And I think if you're calling coyotes that haven't seen a red light before, you're going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've firsthand witnessed last year, me and Nick were hunting up in New York called in this coyote as soon as we put the red light on him gone gone in a second I, so yeah, he's had, been called before yes. had the red light so on i him. think if they have never seen the red light um you got you're gonna time. be okay um but a, a coyote pretty pressured around here though yeah but a coyote oh, yeah. that's seen a red light he knows i would what's up argue that and i think it's mainly because of like everybody lets you hunt coyotes i would argue that like coyotes are almost more pressured than deer around here a little bit like i because i can for sure because i can spotlight deer all the time at night you know during the summertime and most of the time they don't really care well it's because when you're most of the time when people spotlight deer they're not shooting at them there's nothing bad happening when you spotlight a deer when you when a coyote sees a light he's getting shot at yeah that's true yeah, I think coyotes are just extremely weary animals. And their, in whole, general. their range is so big to where, like. But you know, have they, you ever seen a coyote in the woods? They never stop. They their ears are moving, their heads moving, they're looking everywhere, and they don't stop. They're yeah. always on the go, always on the lookout. Mm-hmm. So if even something's a little out of whack, they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, this, this ain't it, and they're gone. So I was really excited that I had this new infrared setup with the thermal scanner. So I go into a field. You it's could be pitch invisible. black, and it stays pitch black. Mm-hmm. So I was bummed that infrared didn't work out. Still super pumped about my scan. But that wasn't the fault of your equipment. That no, was your that fault, was fault for not listening stupidity. to Luke. Yeah. yeah. So that was setup one, and that was – I've called in a handful of fox after fox season closed. Um, ah. Yeah. So big, big bummer. Haven't called in another coyote, but – I'm a weekend warrior when it comes to coyote hunting. I only can go out typically Saturday nights. And every time I've gone out, it's been like 20-mile-an-hour winds. Makes it so tough. That it definitely does make it tough. I mean, you can, you can still function, but, like, most animals don't like wind. Yeah, because that takes away two of their big senses, smell yeah. and hearing. Yeah, exactly. So even... If all the other conditions are, you know, if it's warm or whatever, it's a clear night, you know, they can see well. If the wind's going crazy, they're not going to want to move. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, same like when you're hunting deer and stuff, like we're only losing one scent or like sense when mm-hmm. wind is. Because like, I don't know, for you guys, it's super irritating for me when like the wind is blowing and you can't hear what's going on around yeah, you. Yeah, for like, sure. It seems like, you know, you, you think you hear something and then the wind will pick up and you're like, 
damn it. Did like, I really hear that or was yeah, it the wind? Yeah, yeah and I, I think deer and coyotes and any wildlife really just see that. They on feel the... safer with when they have more senses. Well, for me, it's like if I can't hear it when I'm trying to kill them, they can't hear something trying to kill them. So it's like even intensified for them they, if, they, yeah. if you're taking their senses away. Mm-hmm. So back to what I was saying, that screw-up I had with the uh, bolt action hitting the camera mount led me to have an impulse buy. I was I saying, said, that was the next day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm like, screw it, I need a new gun. It, Hands no, down. No two, ends, no two ways about it. So, it's pretty easy to come up with an excuse to buy a new gun. Yeah. So it's funny that I want to jump ahead a little bit because you were talking to my dad about that, and you're, and my dad's like, "Yeah, I might buy one of those." And you're like, "Oh, well, just be careful because your bolt might hit it." And you put it on his gun, and he's like, "What if you just turn it a little bit?" And his gun didn't hit it, but Tom's yours does. Yeah. The way, so your dad has almost like a spacer underneath the scope. Some like it, it oh, sits it higher. Right. Okay. The, okay. the riser. I don't know what you call them. Risers, maybe. Mm-hmm. It sits higher where Tom's was mounted too low mm-hmm. and another thing that i realized you can't just turn that mount that camera is has to be Oriented in one position just right. or your crosshairs will be slanted at an angle okay so the camera can only go on one way so we might want to double check that yeah um dad's got to buy an ar well we yeah. already have an ar but so anyway i get to thinking you know what's a good coyote round because that's the most important thing i don't yeah. want to shoot a coyote plus in, availability yeah so I'm thinking 243, and then I'm like, oh, my buddy shoots a 243, and he cuts Fox in half with that. Like, mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking 222, and I'm like, well, those rounds are more difficult to find. I said I can reload them. But then I'm thinking, wait a minute, ARs are 223s. That's semi-auto. Won't have to worry about the bolt. With what's going on in Russia, they're going to be cranking yeah. out 223s like crazy. rounds are not going to be hard to find. <laughs> And it's obviously semi-auto, so if you call in a pair of dogs, there you go. Or if Tap them both. You got need a quick follow-up shot. So I settle AR, perfect, perfect mm-hmm. coyote gun. So I go to the local armory. And Pennsylvania has kind of relaxed laws in uh, comparison to New York. So like we can do things like this for coyote hunting, which yeah. is nice. So I pick up my very first AR-15 um, and... I, I did test it, this one, with the <laughs> scope, the thermals, and night vision. Did you bring your stuff with you when you bought the gun? or No. <laughs> Can you completely set this gun up before I buy it? Well, no, I was thinking the fact that Tom's like, yeah, I think it'll work. Spend all the money on the gun to take it home, and then potentially. I guess I got to go buy a no, new one. No, <laughs> because the way those. Uh, they don't have, like, a bolt. It, it's an internal bolt. There's yeah. nothing external when it racks around. Yeah. yeah, you charge the first round, and then after that, it's all. But even when you charge the first round, it's not in impeding the scope. You it's charge just, it out the back yeah, of the straight gun, back. Yep. and there's no handle on that bolt that's coming up the side of yeah. the rifle. Mm-hmm. So it works like a glove. All I need works like a charm, fits like a glove. Yeah. Something like that. All I need is a coyote. Sound like an old boss of yours. (laughs) 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 Uh, We lost him. That was great. So now we're going to (laughs) get. Tom, as you were saying. I was just going to say, now we're going to get into the. uh, Now that you know my setup, 
we're going to get into how I've been going about doing this. And apparently it's not the right way to do it because... You, so you've been coyote calling. Yes. So if you know call, tricks okay. on how to call coyotes, let me know. So one thing I do know is right now, month of February, in the beginning of March, it's in uh, coyote mating season. So when I'm looking for a good coyote spot, I'm always hunting fields, big open fields. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping, you know, with some thick cover around the perimeter of the field where they might be hunting rabbits or something like that. And what's that old saying? Uh, eagle dropped a feather in the woods. The bear smelled it. The deer heard it. The turkey saw it. And the coyote did all three. You guys ever hear that? I don't know, but that's kind of cool. That is cool, but I've never heard it. Yeah. So, so say it again. <laughs> no. But basically what it's saying is Get outside. coyotes have an extremely keen sense of sight, hearing, and smell, mm-hmm. which makes them very difficult to hunt. And when you're calling them, they're going to come in downwind so they can smell what they're coming into. Mm-hmm. And if they smell you, it's game over. Yeah. So that makes it difficult. So what I've been doing and- is I've been trying to set up with a crosswind. So I'm sitting... Let's just say, to make things simple, I'm facing north, okay? I put my call about 80 yards in front of me, hopefully with a west wind. wind. So if a coyote's out in front of me, when I call, he's going to circle down, and he's going to catch, he's going to start coming upwind of that call before he gets downwind of me. Mm -hmm. Hasn't worked out like that yet. (laughs) Makes but, sense, though. Yeah, but those two coyotes I did call in that I just had equipment malfunction, they did precisely that. And by the time they kept circling downwind, they got downwind to me. And by the time my but buddy they, was— had you not had the equipment malfunction, oh, they would have been, been dead long before. before. Yeah. Um, so that that's my setup. Um, the call sequence I've been trying this time of year, since it is mating season, is I've been starting with like a— female invitation howl um try and entice like a male like hey i'm over here come on over yeah and then i wait usually five six minutes and then go into like a dying rabbit or some sort and then finish it off with everyone says like uh the grand finale should be like your coyote pup distress like Mm -hmm. if all else fails that's your guy that's your go-to but you know what i've had success with bringing animals in with especially fox is because how many people do you know around here that have chickens a lot a lot and they're always having trouble with fox eating their chickens so i use chicken distress calls and if you're looking for fox i mean it's helpful i've never had any luck with coyotes on chicken distress but might want to give it a shot if you want to shoot a fox what i have heard which makes sense in especially in this area everybody and their brother that goes out coyote hunting does a rabbit rabbit distress, distress. yeah that's what everyone yeah does. so a lot of people tell you no don't don't do rabbit in distress they're numb to it they don't yeah. even care anymore. coyote hears rabbit in distress and they're like okay that's some guy trying to call me in and they give you the middle paw and take peace off the out away so um the the coyotes i did call in um i started off like i said with a female howl and then went into gray fox distress. I've heard a lot of people having good luck with a gray really? fox distress. And they came in I haven't heard that. That's on a rope. So that that was super cool. I um, wonder why that is. 
I don't know. I think it's just something different that they haven't, they haven't heard. heard. Yeah. Kind of like bass fishing. Like in our pond, you can go buy you the brand new Rapala, and it works really good for Couple about a days. week. <laughs> and then every bass is like, yeah, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And you won't catch shit on it. And I guess that really makes sense around here because we talked a couple weeks ago about gray fox. We don't have a lot of gray fox around here. No. So it is just a completely new sound to them. And they're like, huh, wonder what that's about. And I think all animals are naturally curious. Oh, absolutely. If you make any sound, an animal's going to perk up. Yeah. And even like if I make a, if you hear a sound in your house, you're like, I wonder what that was. And you go, walk down the hallway trying to figure out what it was exactly and animals are the same way if you make a sound i do it with deer a lot i don't sometimes i don't do it on purpose but i have done it on purpose before with deer if i don't want to shoot like a doe or a small buck i'll do something to get their attention just a little bit and the the look and they're trying to figure it out trying to figure it out and they'll come closer because they want to know what it is you did something that could potentially spook them but since they didn't 100% catch you or they don't know what it is, they're going to keep coming because they want to know what was that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, they're, most animals are curious. They're going to try to figure out what that sound was, especially with sound. With scent, they're, you're not going to yeah, you're not going to you're not going to play with their nose, but you can play with their eyes and their ears. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you involve their nose, you're done. I got to give credit um, definitely because I. Got outside with Tom and hunted <laughs> uh, a couple uh, last week, and that was first time. I, I, <laughs> Frank, you're making me laugh. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I was out. <laughs> you, you got outside with Tom. Yeah, and I was hunting with him, and I didn't. I've never used like that setup with him, mm-hmm. and. It made me aware of probably how many missed opportunities we had mm-hmm. without thermals and red do- or uh, infrared, because Tom and I we used to, you'd set up and there would you know you would turn the red light on for like a minute, scan the field, shut it off, scan the field, shut it off. Like you just do that all night. Well now Tom's walking with that thermal the whole t- whole way in. We set up and like less than a minute after calling started coming in, five hundred yards away you could see. Phew, Mm-hmm. something coming in and it sat down at like 300 in the in the weeds you know pitch black outside yeah. and you with just, a light you would have no clue yeah you never we never would have picked that animal out and uh, we would have put that we would have went back to the truck that night thinking ah there's nothing out here tonight when in reality he we was were, there we were close yeah so and that's one thing with light that i learned i went to a seminar a few years ago in harrisburg um a guy was talking about something similar to that. He said when he walks into a field, he's very, very careful about where he has his gun and his light because he's as soon as he walks into the field, he's scanning the field to see yep. if there's that animal out there already before he even starts calling because a lot of the times they're out there mousing or looking for rabbits or whatever. And if you're just willy-nilly with your light looking around, you're casting shadows, and a shadow moves and the coyote or fox, whatever it is, will see that movement. Mm-hmm. And that grabs their eye, and they're like, okay, I'm out of here. So when you're walking in with your infrared just looking around or your uh, night vision, whatever it is. Thermal. Thermal. Um, you don't have to cast that light and have that movement of the shadow. So 
it's just one thing you're taking away. You don't have that initial movement of bringing a light into the yeah, field. Yeah. And I'll tell you this much. Last year, me and Nick went out quite a bit with our red lights. We never saw a fox or a coyote. Did in we? Pennsylvania, no. In in New York, we did, but never in one coyote. Yeah, and um, I saw a gray fox the one time. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, you were with yeah you were with us up at, up in New York. Yeah, yeah. So we okay. So to put it in perspective, a whole season of hunting quite a bit, we saw two predators. Before this, yeah, this year with my new setup, I've called in two coyotes, and I've seen probably ten fox, mm-hmm. and I've hunted. Four times. Yeah. I'm and that's like, not to I'm say you can't be started. successful with red oh, lights no, or regular lights. That's all, just... To me, all I'm seeing there is how many missed opportunities. Because yeah. we haven't really changed our calling that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit. Um, last year, Tom and I... Well, yeah, you learn every... Yeah, but I mean, even last year, Tom and I went and bought one of the higher-end Fox Pros. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's helped us. Because, I mean, we've I've used some old electric calls that, like... They, they're pretty rough. Yeah. You know, they, they don't really sound like an animal anymore. But like and, you said, even if you just completely take away the calling, when you come into a field and you have your uh, your thermal out, something that's three, four, five hundred yards away that you're picking up with that thermal, you're not going to pick it up with a light. No. So you're know you're, you know you're in the neighborhood when you have the thermal re- as opposed to the light. So you know, okay, I'm going to hunker down i can see him i know where he's at let's figure out what's going on now that i'm going to start calling whereas before you don't know what is out there 500 yards yeah you could be i don't i would love to know how many fields i walked into and blew out a fox or a coyote before i even set up yeah exactly because i'm because i've been sitting just archery hunting for deer all the time i see fox just and you see them for half a second. They're dipping in and out of stuff, you know, in and out of the fields, in the brush, into the goldenrods or whatever, looking for mice. And if you don't have that thermal, you're not going to see it with a light in the dark. That There's yeah. too many shadows that are going to get cast by grass or branches. You just won't see it. So yeah. all, you, all that I need is one little piece of skin exposed behind a red brush bush. Yeah. And I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's super cool, and I think I I don't know how to describe this. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I just haven't had the success yet. But and you can I feel when you're close, like part, you know, like stuff's going right. It feels I right. I think I'm doing it right. What I've been running into is just not had the right situation. Like when I first, I'm a deer hunter first. Like yeah. I I think coyote hunting in October November. Would not going to waste your time. Would be great. I think, you know, the weather conditions are going to be way better. But I'm not going to blow up my good deer spots to go shoot a coyote. Like, yeah. no, I'm deer hunting. I don't start coyote hunting until after the new year, mm-hmm. after deer season's done. Yeah, after late season. Right. So my first couple weeks of coyote hunting, every time I went out, I was getting blown up by snowmobilers. I, I tried a couple times to map out a route away from snowmobile trails well snowmobile people go everywhere obviously didn't care because they would rip through any, any open field. field yeah um so i battled with snowmobilers a lot um and i tried you know what maybe snowmobilers quit riding at midnight so then i'd go out and hunt from 
one in the morning till four. Nope, snow, snowmobilers are still out there. If there's mm-hmm. snow on the ground and the trails are open, People snowmobilers are, are out. That's uh, what we run into a lot. Just there's so many people in the woods for different things, and you can never everywhere that we hunt, everywhere we go, it's all one mile by one mile blocks, mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit smaller here and there. But you can never get far enough from a road that it's going to deter people, snowmobilers, dog walkers to not be where you are. Yeah. It's not like we have treks of land that you're going to get five miles from a road. Yeah. But um, finally, the snow did melt. In the past two weekends I've gone out, we've had 20-mile-an-hour winds, and that doesn't help. Mm. Me and Nick had one nice night, but it unfortunately it was a work night, so we couldn't stay out that late. And our first setup, um, we parked the truck, and the dogs across the street just started barking their heads off. For the and, entire set. The entire time. And I, I don't know if that's screws things up or not. I don't know enough about coyote hunting. Yeah. But I don't know. So... But definitely the snowmobilers, two feet of snow, high winds. I just, I haven't felt right. Yeah, that the first time I went out, it was before we got the snow and I called in those two coyotes. I was like, okay, this. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. This feels right. Like conditions are right. It was cold. Um, no wind. I'm like, this stuff should be happening. And I ended up calling in those two coyotes that I should have been able to shoot. Had I had the proper equipment, mm-hmm. I haven't had one of those nights since. I've been battling wind. I've been battling snow. So I think, I like I said, I think I'm doing things right. I you just gotta taking, get the I right just gotta time. get the right conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's tough when you can only hunt one night a week mm-hmm. because I don't. You don't care go what, to work till noon. You can stay yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My day's half over by the time Tom goes to work. But yeah. um, the thing is, since I only have one day a week to hunt. I don't care what the weather. I'm gonna hunt. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping. I took a peek at the extended forecast, and this weekend's looking nice. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully before you're even listening to this episode, Coyotes you'll see some dead. pictures. Yeah, because I'm hoping to shoot them Saturday. You'll be tuning in Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Yeah, and Nick will Nick will get up at 4:30 and post something just for Tom. Yeah. So that's um, my little spiel. It's my two cents on predator hunting. Good. If you know anything about it, uh, let me know because I'd like to learn. Leave it in the comments. Yeah, please. I'd like to talk to somebody that has had success doing it. Maybe give me some pointers. Hell, maybe we'd even have you on the podcast. Hell. I'd be in. Be way in. So, yeah. Nick, do you want to... Do you have anything to? Add? Yeah, what's uh, your take on predator hunting? At the end of the day, I've been the I, one rambling the whole time. Actually, this is probably a podcast first. 115 episodes in, and we finally have Tom probably being the top talker. Yeah, I don't. Per no, no, Tom's that's bullshit. It's, it is. It's, no, it's not no, because, because we've had deer camp series. Yeah, deer camp series about me. Who is Tom? Remember that episode? Like the six host or hot something? seat. Yeah, yeah, host hot. Oh, I forgot Those about are the host deep hot seat back there. That's way back. We should do another round of them because you know people are always changing and evolving. Like, who are we now? You yeah, know what I mean? where where have we? Where'd yeah, we where did we come where from? Is where are now? we now? Yeah. Who has he become? <laughs> yeah. So kind of really get outside the comfort zone and yeah. see what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, Nick. And I know Frank, you've done some predator hunting, so it's it's I mean, I've kind of been tuning in quite a bit on my experiences and 
you tell me to start talking, and then you tell me to get you a beer. So I got to get away from it? the mic. Both. <clears throat> I mean, I. You summed oh. it up for me because I don't. Uh, I don't get in like. Yeah, Nick's been real quiet this episode. Yeah, I've been drinking whiskey. Uh, no, I. I kind of let Tom's kind of like the the forerunner. Tom does all the calling sequences and stuff. Like we we went in together on the call, but every time we go out, Tom runs the call. Um, Tom runs the gun. Tom. Well, I have Tom a gun. Runs I have everything. A, well, I have a gun, but when Tom upgraded up to like infrared and thermals and everything, kind of left me in the dust, and I felt like we're kind of wasting our time like if tom's running into red like you have two different in the locker room you know what i mean <laughs> you have two different styles of hunting you can't do side by side because yeah if i start shining red lights there's no reason for infrared yeah and and you can't see to shoot without that so so basically the last time we've been hunting i would hunt like i'd bring my gun up until dark and then once it got dark i'd put my gun away tom would break out the ar with the infrared and everything kind of just do that um, eventually I'd like to upgrade. Um, I just haven't, you know, Tom says the only way to do it is to buy a brand new AR. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to build one from scratch. Yeah. So like you said, there's, it's never a bad excuse to buy. A no, gun. no. I'm just trying to, doesn't take much to convince you to go out and buy a and gun. Hell, it's pretty good timing because tax season's right around the corner. We're all going to be getting our returns. Yeah. I, speaking of tax returns, I've seen a lot of people, upset on facebook with fourteen hundred dollars being taken out of their taxes like an additional i'm like where did that that come from (laughs) stimulus is that what it's called yeah i'm like literally like i saw several people oh yeah i had fourteen hundred taken out of mine too yeah that's free money yeah it was literally just an advance on your own loan like this isn't a political podcast you 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 gave you gave the government a interest-free loan on your money yeah, and then they gave you a little bit of it back. <laughs> it was your money. They gave a little bit back for a little bit, and then they took they it back. They took it right back at the end of the year. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> anyway, let's get outside of politics and yeah, we'll get way outside again. of that. But Tom, you're that. way down on your get outsides for this episode. Yeah, I think me and Nick have really <laughs> been pulling the weight on saying get outside. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Super Troopers, you know, when he's meow. Yeah, same thing. So, like Nick said, when he gets his tax return money back, he's going to buy an AR, suit it all up, the night vision, and what have you. I, what are you going to do once you have all that stuff? Shoot coyotes. Get outside and shoot coyotes. Uh, I, I texted my buddy because uh, he's really big into guns and asked him, you know, like, hey, you know, like, what a, like I'm looking to get an AR for hunting. You know, what, what do you recommend? So he sent me like a couple different brands, and I looked. First one was like a four thousand dollar A. I was like, Ooh, "Why do you bring that whoa. down to about seven hundred? I was like, "I'm trying to do like one of those thousand dollar packages. <laughs> like, I want to scope on it and everything, because um, like I'm not trying to get a gun that I need to shoot five thousand million times. Yeah, like because you get, want the Mossberg version of yeah, reliable, but you know I don't need it to, you know, you're not running you don't need a bunch to burn of through ten thousand rounds before you got to replace the firing pin. Like, exactly. That gun's probably not going to shoot 10,000 rounds in its life. Yeah. Exactly. So, we're, like I said, we're still in the process of all that. Yeah, once tax season's over, Nick's going to be back on the podcast talking about his new setup. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do a 450 Bushmaster. <laughs> perfect for Kyle. <It's> perfect Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of 
coyote hunt. I forgot to mention um, my decoy. Setup. You said oh, speaking yeah. of coyote hunting as if we, we just started talking about yeah. coyote hunting <laughs> since somebody just now mentioned <laughs> I it. I guess since we're switching topics here. Um, I forgot to mention what I have for decoys. And the first one that I have, it's the, the classic spinning dying rabbit. You know, a little tuft of fur with two big floppy ears coming off of it. You turn it on and it spins in a circle like so at various speeds yeah you can adjust the speed pretty cool um just look like a dead rabbit spinning in circles um and then i had my buddy from up north tell me he says you know my buddy's been running a coyote decoy and he said coyotes when they see another coyote they they can't resist but they just come running in and i'm thinking you know i'd really like to get a coyote decoy but they're usually like 120 bucks and i didn't really want to spend that much more money because I already have so much dumped into my coyote setup. But uh, so I'm like, yeah, probably not going to worry about it. So I get home from camp after hanging out with my buddy, and Nick's like, hey, let's go to Field and Stream. And actually, it's now Sportsman's Warehouse. But I'm like, all right. And he's like, we have gift cards from Christmas. I'm like, oh, right. So I go, I find it was a $50 gift card. And now I'm thinking, okay, $50 minus. 120 now it's gonna be like a 70 dollar decoy still more than i wanted to spend but i'm like yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what i feel when i get there so we get there i find the decoy like i said it was originally like it was over 100 bucks it was green tagged down to like 69.95 and i had a 50 dollar gift card so i got a coyote decoy for like 19.95 yeah. couldn't pass it up so it looks nice it does look nice so i got we got a coyote decoy, and I got my dying rabbit. So, what more could you ask for? Yeah. So that's my setup. If you guys have any tricks on how you like to set up, like I said before, let me know. Let me know. Thanks. I'll give you all the tips I got. Tip is your only part. So Frank, I think that about yeah, does that it. Yeah. Sums it up. Uh, thanks again, Tom. I'm honored to be the best man at your wedding. I'm honored um, to be just a regular old groomsman. Mm -hmm. I will do my best to get a speech for you and make it the best bachelor party you ever had. Hopefully, it'll be the only bachelor party you ever have for you. <laughs> one can only hope. Now, now, Carly's a good girl. I know she's this great. will be the only one. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. great. Um, yeah. Heck of a woman. So I'm happy for you um, and excited for this journey. Um as we get older, it's crazy, but it is. Now we're getting deep. Yeah, <laughs> Tom's getting outside Nick's, the house, and Nick's gonna start married. crying outside. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna step outside to cry. Yeah, wild. So I guess um, I forgot what I said earlier. That Tom's made it. getting married outside. So yeah, uh, you're so an now idiot. it's not. It's not even. Not it's cool. not even cool. So anymore. I guess we're just gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way, um, and. Thank everybody for listening. <laughs> we love you guys for listening 115 times now. <laughs> that is so funny. You're an idiot. <laughs> Just tell them to do it. Get outside. <laughs>